Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Sabalero, and as always, Pulsara is proud to sponsor this episode of the Inside EMS podcast. Learn how you can leverage the power of network communication at www.pulsara.com slash EMS. Well, we almost had a great surprise this week. Kelly was going to join us, and he did have a relapse of uh, electrical power. So we go ahead and uh, hope he's back next week. And uh, But with me this week is our good friend and international correspondent and author of the EMS One Stop, Rob Lawrence. Rob, thanks for joining us again on the show. Surprise, here I am again. And, uh, yep, yeah, Kelly, come on, mate. Let's get that power thing sorted out. But uh, um, glad to be back, Chris. Yeah, and one of the things that we were going to do this week, Rob, is we were going to have you and Kelly on, almost a like transition. a transition. Yeah. So at least we know you're going to be with us one more week if you're available, of course. You are so busy out there in California and uh, being a leader in our career field. And uh, cheers to you for doing all the things that you do for our career field. And, you know, speaking about cheers, uh, we wanted to start off the show with a little bit of a tribute to our friend, uh, Dr. Craig Manifold. And unfortunately, we got the news on the 21st or 22nd of September that he passed away unexpectedly. And uh, when I saw the news, I mean, my uh, I, I heard it Monday of this week, and my hands went right to my head in disbelief. Uh, you know, he was a young guy. He was uh, 57 years old, if my memory serves me right. But... Uh, you know, Rob, you just, you know, it's even more unbelievable because you just did a show yeah. with him about an article that you had. Um, I talked to him about coming on this show after that. And uh, so I thought it would be great just to spend some time. And I want to talk about uh, Dr. Manifold. I want to talk about his impact on the EMS career field, but really on everybody he came in contact with. But Rob, I mean, what did you think when you heard the news? I was dumbstruck dumbfounded shocked uh and i have to say upset uh i literally had not long finished working uh, a project with craig uh, a few weeks ago as you know chris we were talking about ketamine and it's uh, the politi politicization of ketamine and, and craig very kindly agreed to come on to my uh my one stop uh, column article and discussion and uh, he was very very keen that uh, the the whole ketamine thing didn't become politicized that we explained the uh, you know the, the good clinical outcomes and the good clinical reasons for using it uh, and he even went as far as and, and this is the mark of the man to allow me to take the role of the journalist and him the role of the the medical director and we kind of went back and forth to really prepare a piece should the media come calling and as always he was brilliant at doing that and that really is a, is a mark of of craig that he even though he was you know one of our eagles he was very well respected <clears throat> excuse me here i go you see he was very well respected um also he was a brigadier general in the u.s uh, air force and texas air national guard um, but you could have a conversation with him. He had no, as we'd say in England, no airs or graces. There was no arrogance there. He spoke to you like, you know, one of the guys. And because he was that very civil gentleman, uh, scholar, friend, colleague. And I've been on many, many, or oh, many, many, but many meetings this week where people have been affected by his passing. 
Um, and, uh, you know, people, have some very senior people in our industry, and no, no names, but, you know, the word, you know, I, I, I had a gut check, said one, and it's very, very true. And, uh, you know, it, it's a moment to reflect I guess on our a on our own mortality, but also as you say, the the contribution that he's made not only to civilian EMS and e, uh, EMS leadership. Uh, of course, remembering he was the medical director of NAMT, so a very very large organisation. Um, but also the fact that he was a serviceman, and uh, you know not many people rise to the rank of uh, brevet uh, brigadier general. So he's been mourned, remembered, lamented in many, many corners of this nation and indeed this world right now. Yeah, and one of the things, uh, he was the NAMT medical director since 2017, one of the things that I always appreciated about his military service was that he was uh, he was enlisted and uh, he rose to the, almost the highest rank. You know, he was the lowest rank in the military. He got his first star as a brigadier general had a couple more to go before he reached the top. But you always, and I don't know what it was like in the British military, Rob, but you always respected the people that transitioned from the enlisted rank to the officer rank. And in the military, in the Air Force, and certainly in different uh, branches, there are different ways to do it. But in the Air Force, it was quite difficult. And, you know, you had to, uh, you know, of course, have a degree. You had to get selected. Of course, uh, Dr. Manifold was a doctor, so it wasn't very difficult to make that transition. But as you mentioned, just some of the things that he uh, was involved in, uh, he was uh, part of the Eagles, which was uh, a big thing. He was part medical director for the National Association of Emergency Medical Technicians. He was on countless advisory boards. He was an assistant professor. Uh, at the Department of Emergency uh, Health and Science at the University of Texas in San Antonio. You know, I mean, just, just so many things. American College of Physicians, um, National EMS Physicians, Special Operations Medical Association. Um, I mean, you just can't go on and on. And when it came to EMS, he was truly a, you know, a leader's leader. And he was able to talk to you not only with the power of medicine, but Rob, with the power of humanity, it's the mark of the man, Chris. You mentioned all of those things, is because he had time for everyone. Um, and to that point, if you are on Facebook, uh, go over to and look up Craig Manifold Memories and Pictures. It's an open Facebook site right now. And if you had a uh, an interaction with uh, Doctor Manifold, with General Manifold, with Craig. However, you knew him. Um, it's a beautiful site right now, and people are putting their their photographs of, of him, uh, their memories of him, and uh, his family are encouraging. Actually, everybody, this, the family, the Manifold family, started this. So, if you if you you came across uh, Craig in any way, please visit that site and leave a lovely a loving memory of him because the family are looking for those right now. So, uh, Craig Manifold memories and pictures on facebook and uh, if you're one of my friends you already had the invite from me uh, and others have been passing passing around um, others have been raising a glass i know i spotted uh, jeff jarvis on facebook raising what looked like a very good glass of malt yeah. uh, in his memory and i'm sure we've all done that chris i mean uh, he loved his uh, loved his whiskey loved his scotch um uh, and i think i did leave something out of his as i was talking about his accomplishments you know, we did talk about that he was in the military as a brigadier general, but one of the things that 
I want to focus on is his, uh, he was in the Texas Air National Guard, but he was the commander of the 149th Medical Group of the Texas Air National Guard. And his commitment was not only to civilian EMTs and paramedics as the medical director of any EMT, and certainly he was also on the board, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, of uh, NREMT as well. Um, but he advanced military medicine and military medics who were continually serving this country during this, you know, very, very uh, stressful time in our history. Uh, but like you mentioned, it was because he never said no, it seemed. He was always given his time. And, you know, for a man like this to, uh, at 57 years old, uh, to perish, not only do you feel the loss, but it also makes you question your own mortality. I'm 55. And, uh, you know, you, you hurt for a friend. And it just makes you think that you feel invincible at these ages, but it just lets you know how important it is that, uh, you know, we pay attention to what our health looks like. And I would hate to think that this man had to suffer. Uh, if that's what happened, I certainly don't know. Mm. Uh, but they, the suspecting is a, a massive MI. Um, but it just breaks your heart to think about someone with a heart as big as him um, that he had, uh, hopefully his ending wasn't it, terrible. It, it is It is heartbreaking, and we all are actually genuinely heartbroken because of you know the, the huge volume of things he did, which therefore equates to a huge legacy uh, that he left behind. I have to tell you that because, again, we, we all share that kind of military affinity and that uh, I always referred to him as general because I thought that was a, you know, a huge accolade and... Uh, you know, he, he kind of got a kick out of that, got a kick out of that when we spoke. Morning, General. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the other thing that, that he did was that uh, he was a great one for a great proponent of advo advocacy. And so if there was ever, ever a legislative effort going on, whether it's, you know, EMS on the Hill or uh, events such as that, then Craig would be there. And, of course, the beauty of Craig being there is not only have you got the EMS person, you've got the doctor, the ED, the EM person telling it to you straight you know to the to the elected officials and of course that's a huge thing to have people like that and of course we have many of our many of our you know, position colleagues doing that but obviously craig and again because of, of, of his you know what you and i both know as command presence right so he can go into a room and dominate the floor uh, and so that was exceptionally useful when we were up on the hill doing things of course as we are still doing to this day having to promote what we do show what we do and try and influence those that uh, again my one of my favorite things that those four little words try and get the, the all those in favor going our way and again that was another great uh, contribution that he made to our industry sometimes these are the kind of behind the curtain behind the scenes things that you know again this show is you and kelly on the truck or on the truck you're not seeing the, the guys behind the curtain who are up there trying to at least create the influence to ensure a favorable outcome in our direction yeah and i'm sure that there's so much more that we can say that uh you know would truly uh you know truly be uh in honor of him one of the things that i was thinking um you know and i've kind of talked about this before when we've had peers that have passed usually you sum up somebody's life in in one sentence right uh, you hear about the passing of somebody, you're like, oh my gosh, he was such a great guy. Oh man, he was dedicated to the career field. Mm -hmm. But when you think about, you know, Craig's passing, it's it's just more than that. 
right? I mean, you know, and that's one of the things that I talk about from a leadership standpoint all the time is that we write our autobiography every day. We leave our legacy every day. And, you know, when you pass, what are people going to say about you um, in that one sentence? And I thought about that, uh, you know, yesterday uh, when I knew that we were going to talk, be talking about this. And I said, here's a man that you can't sum up in one sentence. No, no. I mean, I, I, I would just start by saying, you know, friend, colleague, leader, um, mentor. And I've seen uh, many Facebook posts that have those words, if not in the first sentence, but, but peppered throughout in the last few days. Well, I mean, we can uh, certainly sit here and, and talk about them all yeah. day, but oh, we yeah. do have a couple other things that we do want we to do. chat about. We want to bring you some of that news. But before we do that, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll uh, transition on the other side of that. Hello, this is Rob Lawrence, author of the EMS One column, EMS One Stop, with a message from our EMS sponsor. Pulsara is the only FirstNet-listed mobile telehealth and communication network that connects teams across organizations. Free to EMS and receiving EDs, Pulsara One unites teams seamlessly on a single patient channel, replacing the radio report with features like live video calls, ECG and image uploads, audio, data and key benchmarks. Pulsara United includes enhanced features built to help your EMS agency provide an expanded scope of practice such as mobile integrated health and community paramedicine. Regardless of which package is right for you, Pulsara makes communications with healthcare facilities in your region easy. Simply create a dedicated patient channel, build your team and communicate. For more information, visit pulsara.com forward slash EMS. That's P-U-L-S-A-R-A dot com forward slash EMS. You know, I just love reading that uh, that uh, mid-show break, Rob, by the uh, way. Hang on a second. You did a really good impression of me there, Chris. I know, and uh, you did a great job with that. And like I said, I told you before <laughs> we started, every time I um, listen to you talk, it's like listening to NPR. Well, next time I'll do it in my BBC pronunciation <laughs> for you. You're always in the BBC voice. Here. But we are gonna, we got a couple things to talk about. Uh, yeah. Rob, I'm going to let you transition and kick it to the listeners. What do you got? Well, again, uh, we're looking at a, a little bit of first uh, kind of breaking news, and uh, there is some some things happening in the Brianna Taylor um, case. Again, we're recording this a few days before we go out, but uh, what I don't want to do is kind of call a disaster. But we're probably heading into some civil disorder. Um, it's not the first time it's happened, and I hope it just doesn't escalate into something that's. Uh, going to you know dominate yet more headlines and so you know for those guys that uh, are or bearing in mind it's now friday which is really wednesday we're on the ground and um, we hope everybody stays safe uh, and we hope it doesn't escalate to too much but uh, again it's just something that we in ems again we don't take sides we're not here to take sides we're here to be ready to treat to work and to save uh, and so you know whatever happens out there of course we're on scene 24-7-365 and for the leaders amongst us we hope that our people stay safe in trying to save others you know and one of the things that's interesting here that you bring up is you know we, we don't pick sides and we have no, to treat everybody this and we have to treat everybody the same you know in my experience of 
with civil disobedience, one of the things that I had to combat with the workforce was um, the feeling of not taking care of those people. And those people, meaning the, uh, you know, what they were calling, um, you know, the people who were rioting and looting. And it was one of the things that we had to very quickly say, regardless of how people get hurt, our job is to render care. And even though we talk about not picking sides, we have a very, very close uh, bond with the with law enforcement, a close bond with the, the fire department, and we always want to back the blue, right? And that's what we hear. Uh, and I think that that's okay. I think we can back the blue and we can be on support of our peers uh, in the, you know, in the police department. But one of the things that we have to remember is everybody deserves the care. So regardless of how people get hurt, regardless of how wounds are inflicted, we've got to be the compassionate. And that's when we are more neutral. And uh, because otherwise it jades, Rob, who we are as clinical practitioners. It does. And and we are here to deliver care, period. That's it. Mission statement is here to deliver care. Um, there's a wonderful story from the Second World War, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, in what was called Operation Market Garden, which is when the US and the British forces laid down a carpet of paratroops to try and take the bridge at Arnhem. And, and the US... 101st and 82nd Airborne Divisions landed first. The British Airborne Division landed over on the bridge at Arnhem, and which, of course, was a an unmitigated disaster because the armoured column couldn't get there in time before the Germans, who just happened to have a Panzer uh, Division resting in Arnhem at the time when the British paratroopers landed. Anyway, long story short, there was a hospital there called the uh, Oosterbeek Hospital, and the British had it with their wounded in. And then when the hospital was overrun, along came the German medical folk and then you had the british medical folk and the german medical folk working together to treat wounded of each other's sides and then the battle flowed the other way and the british took back over and they still had and the, the medical staff were there treating working with each other treating each other's wounded as and again it's because the mission is to care period I agree 100%. And we've got uh, something else we're going to visit about today and talk about. Yeah, I'd done a a column on this a long while ago. And uh, move over. Move over, Law, of course. We are... The highway is a dangerous place. Of course, we spend a lot of time treating people that have accidents. But you don't have to spend too many minutes searching to find a public safety person, not only police, firefighters and EMS, but also those guys that operate the tow trucks are particularly at risk. Uh, And most states, I think when I did the article maybe a few months ago now, most states have a move over law. In other words, if you see uh, an incident or a tow truck, you must either slow right down or move right over. Uh, And I'm delighted to see that uh, Pennsylvania have uh, now passed their move over bill. They have doubled the fines they've increased the points and therefore there is a, a severe and tougher penalty for striking one of these public safety workers and the tow truck drivers etc on the road and so that is a good move and uh, we should have a hundred percent of our states with move over laws because it is a dangerous place out there on the highway and the freeways uh, and uh, I can actually name uh, Virginia state police officers that were uh, taken down in this way. In fact, I've even been to a funeral of 
of a couple of people that have been public safety and have been struck on the freeways. Uh, so it's very, very dangerous for our people. So I'm delighted to see that law in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, thank you, uh, Deputy Secretary Baraszanski, if you had anything to do with that. Of course, he's a good friend of ours and there's a Deputy Secretary uh, up there. But uh, that's a good move on move over. Well, I would say, uh, I would just say the Honorable Ray Baraszanski, by the way. So uh, I don't want to use Deputy Secretary. I want to, I want to say the Honorable. But here, here's the thing that I want to touch on, Rob. I, because you said two things there that I, I just want to uh, highlight. I think when you're in EMS, as long as we've been in EMS, you know people that have been struck on the highway. You know ambulances. You know fire trucks that have been struck by cars uh, as they're trying. And that's one of the reasons back in the old days before electricity, uh, fire departments started parking diagonally. Fire trucks started parking diagonally to keep the people in front of them safe. I mean, because people were getting hit. Uh, responders were getting hit. And, uh, you know, we see it all the time on the news. But one of the things that I want to bring out is the benefits to EMS when we have officials who understand EMS, right? So we talked about our friend Ray Barashansky is the deputy secretary of health there in Pennsylvania, the best hair in EMS, by the way. Uh, you know, we call him friend. Uh, his knowledge is incredible. A true mentor for the EMS career field when you wonder where can your career go you know, he was a guy who was on the street. He was an EMS state director. I mean, just, uh, you know, we're not here to talk about, uh, you know, his resume. But being in charge of EMS, being in charge of EMS for the state at his position, he is truly using his knowledge and passion for EMS to make the state better for all EMS providers. And it is, we have to remember this in the sense of it is our roles that we have to educate the lawmakers in our state because once the lawmakers are on our side, we get move over laws. Once, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, earlier uh, this year as well, and we'll have to look at this up, Pennsylvania also um, uh, produced a bill to where volunteers were going to be able to get some free college. And again, that was Pennsylvania. And and how are we going to motivate our first response? Or how are we going to motivate our volunteers? Well, let's give them some free education. And again, this comes out of that state. So it, I, I think the lesson here is that we have to educate and get these politicians on our side. I have been saying this for many, many years. And of course, as you know, I'm the communications chair for the American Ambulance Association. And we spend a lot of time, uh, effort, to ensure that we can tell the story of EMS. And, and as I've said in many corners, it's the sort of two Ps, it's publicity and politics, because if we can show that we're doing the great job, and of course this year we're doing more than a great job, it may well help those uh, elected officials on the Hill or anywhere anywhere that we're, that we're working to understand that we, we ourselves need support. We ourselves, if we aren't too careful, could become the next casualty, whether it's from funding, whether it's from just running out of steam. And particularly with what's going on this year, I think I may have seen in the newspaper today, there's a meteorite loitering somewhere as well. But hey, you know, we've still got a few weeks of 2020 left. You never know. Uh, but, you know, we have to continue to tell our story because it's vitally important that we don't become that casualty, Chris. And I agree with you 100%, Rob. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the show has a little bit of a somber tone uh, mm. today. And I think, uh, you know, it's best to kind of leave it uh, at those three things to discuss. 
and uh, really kind of get ready for next week. And hopefully we'll have a better week to be more jovial and bring some really great, uh, more great content next week. But Rob, I want to thank you for joining us and hopefully Kelly's back next week. But uh, if you're available, come in for transition and uh, it'll be the best of both worlds. You know, we'll get uh, beef bourguignon on one side and we'll get the po' boy sandwich on the other side and uh, we'll have a feast. Of course I'll be here. And uh, just to the Manifold family, from all of us, our most deepest condolences. We have thoughts and prayers going on, but we also have many, many happy memories of Craig. And I can't think of a better way to end the show. So.